Welcome to the Financial Life Podcast with me, Ben Robel. This is episode 16. Thanks for listening in. Last week, we diverted from our planned schedule to discuss the shutdown of Mint, the original budgeting app. And in that discussion, we talked about supplementing budgeting with a framework for wealth. And that's what we're going to dig into over the next four or five episodes. Today, we'll discuss the framework very generally and then dig into each piece of it in more detail. As a basic concept, you can't really build your wealth until you build a surplus from your budget. So you have your income, you have your spending, and if you have a surplus, you can allocate it into a few different categories. You can save it, you can invest it, you can gift it, or you can use it to buy insurance for things that you already own. Many of us have already made progress on many of these fronts. So what we're focusing on here is the money that is to be or has been allocated to savings and investments, because that is the baseline for your wealth. Unlike many of the conversations you may have heard on other channels from other people, whether it's social media, radio, television, the news, etc., we're not going to get into specific concepts in this conversation. We're not going to talk about specific account types like IRAs and Roth IRAs and 401ks. We're not going to talk about investing strategies or supplementary investing strategies. We're not going to talk about insurance or gifting quite yet because those do not get involved in this topic. The reason this framework is powerful, the reason that this framework is useful is that it is general and easy to understand. When I worked in private banking, This was a framework that we discussed with people who were still years from making the eventual tens of millions that they would make. And some of those people did not go on to make anything because their companies failed. The framework was valuable for them when we met them, and it was valuable for them no matter the result of their business endeavors. So what are we talking about in this framework? It's a simple model and I call it the four bucket model. So what are these buckets? The first bucket is your cash bucket. This is money that you can get out without constraint. And by constraint, I mean liquidity. There is no waiting. You could pull it out now and spend it. Generally speaking, this is what you've probably heard referred to as your rainy day fund or your emergency fund. Those Names are okay, but we'll talk about why just thinking about it as cash is a better idea. Your second bucket is your cash plus bucket. So this is designed to give you a better return than cash, but is going to be constrained by liquidity, meaning this is probably, and I'm again, not recommending any of these specifically, but this would be like a CD or a bond that you can't just use to buy you actually have to get out of the asset first. This is a bucket that is generally used for meeting intermediate goals like buying a house, buying a car, buying a boat, whatever it is that's on your schedule. Your third bucket is your investment bucket. And as I mentioned before, we're not going to distinguish between taxable and non-taxable. This is your investment bucket. This is where your longer term investments go, whether that is a portfolio that you want to live off of so that you don't have to work or so that you can pursue something you're more passionate about than your nine to five job. 
This could be retirement investments. It is where the majority of your conversation with regard to portfolio construction, asset allocation, long-term risk, et cetera, will be had. The fourth bucket is your legacy bucket. The idea behind this last of buckets is that you do not need this money. If you have filled your other three, your cash bucket has enough cash in it to meet immediate needs. Your cash plus bucket has enough money in it to meet intermediate needs. Your investment bucket is sufficiently large for you to be able to achieve the goals you have set. If you did not make any investments in your fourth bucket, or if your fourth bucket dropped off the face of the earth or spontaneously burst into flame, it wouldn't matter. In the third bucket, where we're trying to make our investment goals a reality, we want to take as little risk as possible. The less risk, the less volatility, the less volatile, the more certain we are to reach our goals. But the fourth bucket, because you have so little constraints, because you've achieved or have the assets to achieve your goals at a lower risk setup, your fourth bucket can be as risky as you want. It can be crypto or NFTs or private equity or real estate, all of the kinds of things that have a much higher return potential, but also a much higher loss potential. The fourth bucket is also, for those of you who think about planning, a great place to pass on legacy assets. So these are investments for your children, where you can take more risk because they are younger than you are. This is where you think about charitable giving, donor advised funds, and things like that, that allow you to make investments for your legacy, for your future, that don't need to be used to reach your goals. So it's a broad framework. It's not particularly complicated to describe, but over the next four days, we'll discuss each of these buckets in more detail and talk about how they interact with each other. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found this valuable.